man versus marriage in three, two, one. In this episode of Man versus Marriage, who are you allowing to influence your marriage? It better be me, fool. I'm just kidding, but I'm not kidding. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, who is it? How do you figure that out? Who's healthy? Who's not? Don't you clear your throat on the microphone. We'll be right back. another episode of Man vs. Marriage. It is I, the cute dog in the Moran family studio, rocking my vet casual wear. What's up, vet casual? It's a brand new startup by my brother-in-law, Bob. Uh, you can't find it right now, um, unless this is a few years from when this episode was published, but uh, be ready for vet casual. It's coming. I'm in the Moran family studio with my lovely wife, Jeannie Moran. Jeannie, give a salutation to the people. Hello. You're so creative with that salutation. Uh, you know, I don't really have to do the whole monologue, hear my voice change. I enjoy it. I know you do. I'm excited. I, I don't have to do all that. You want to sing? No. Okay. Well, before we get started this episode, remember, help the Q-Dog. Help me help you, if you've seen Jerry Maguire. Go and give this show a review. Only say the truth unless you hate the show and don't do it. <laughs> just kidding, not kidding. Um, also, check out this email, Quincy, Q-U-I-N-C-Y at MVSMpodcast.com. By sharing the show, by communicating with me, you allow me to help you even more than I do right now. And then go check out QuincyMoran.com. And uh, somewhere on there, you can sign up for uh, our mailing list, email mail list, or whatever that's called. Become a subscriber because... We, by the end of this year, we are going to be doing things, and I want to make sure that you're the first to know about it. With that being said, today's episode is going to uh, be quarterbacked by my lovely wife, Jeannie, because we had a discussion about boundaries, so I hope you've listened to that episode. If you have not, please go check that episode out real quick. It'll be a great 35-minute um, precursor to this episode, but we're going to get into this right now. Right now, yeah, that's that, that was that was my cue to. That's your cue. Um, I thought you were my cue. I am your cue, giving you your cue to start. So you want to try oh, that again? There was almost a really bad joke in there, but I'm going to leave that alone. All right, here we'll reset <clears throat> this. I'm not going to edit it any different, but we'll reset it. They're used to our mistakes. It's All right, okay. here we go. Jeannie's going to do this episode today, and I'm going to be the color analysis, the color analyst. I messed that up too, <laughs> and uh, so she's going to get us kicked off right now okay so we were talking about boundaries in like in your personal life where you put people how you compartmentalize relationships and it kind of spurned a conversation with the two of us about you know people that we allow not just to ourselves but in our marriage in our kids lives people that are allowed to speak into them or um, people who disagree with how we are raising our kids or some of the rules that we have in place, people who disagree with um, how our marriage is structured or things that we do that work for us because it's not quote unquote biblical or it's not, you know, traditional or however you want to look at it. Everybody's got their opinion. Y'all know what I think about people's opinions. 
they're uh, like something else that I really don't care to deal with. So we kind of decided we would try and throw this out there and see if this helps you because we've had people um, come in and give crim- oh can't even talk give Quincy crap. I've got those two words mixed together. Sorry about that. Because um, I run our home. Now, let's be honest about this. I don't run our home like I tell Quincy what to do and he does it kind of thing. That's not how this works. Girl, you try to do that. Running our home is I run the schedules. I make sure that all of the stuff that needs to be handled for school, scheduling SATs, things that need to be paid for them, uniforms that need to be purchased, things like that. I take care of all the logistics on that end to make sure that Quincy is aware these things need to be done. This is what's happening. We have a conversation. We make a decision and say, okay. And then he says, go handle it. And I do. Let me simplify. Just give an example. Can I do that? You good? Yeah. Stop telling me what to do. Um, Anyway. (laughs) You're close enough. I did too. You know what happens when you throw something at me? There's no lollipops. I'm okay. That's fine. But you throw something at me, I'm throwing it back. Okay? Um, Threaten me with a good time. That's right, girl. Come (laughs) on. Um, Here's what happens. Okay? People would call me. Now, look. During this time, you know, I work. I worked 100 miles away from home. And Jeannie is the one responsible. She is a stay-at-home mom. That was her choice. Thank God we've been able to figure that out. God has been faithful, helping us, you know, financially, et cetera, being able to keep her at home, which is extremely, extremely valuable as you raise your family. That's what she wanted. That's what we wanted. That's what we did. So if kids have to go to a doctor's appointment, a dentist appointment, if they need to go to a school event, if they need to go to a sporting event, if they need to go shopping, if there's anything that needs to happen housewise, I have willingly and happily deferred the family calendar to her because I have my own schedule I'm responsible for. I do not want her schedule. I do not want her system. I don't, we do not do things the same way. No, we do not. So I don't need to influence. I don't need to be a part of it. I need to know what you have going on. And then I We'll tell you what I have going on, and we make those worlds We We have work. this system where we have a family text line for those that are at home because some of our kids don't live here anymore. And we put out a text. I put out a text generally somewhere between Friday and Sunday. By Sunday, I need to know everybody's schedule for the week for work. I need to know what your school schedule is, if there's any meetings or places that I need to be, if anybody's staying after school for extracurriculars, doctor's appointments, PT appointments, train the physical trainer, whatever it is that we've got going on, I got to know it. And by Sunday night, I have it all highlighted and where it needs to be on the calendar. And then Quincy and I get together and say, okay, where are you this week? So that I can determine if he can help me with some of these things to juggle my schedule, or if I maybe need to have people get Ubers, whatever. But that's my job. Well, we're getting off in the weeds. Let me bring this back. So people historically would call me and say, hey, we want to do this. And it's like, yeah, I'd like to do that. But call Jeannie and see about the schedule. And one friend in particular um, really just could not get it 
he could not digest this because his concept was is that I was allowing my wife to run our home. Well, because if you if you said we're going to do this, then it was the expectancy that in his mind and the way that he runs things that we would just do this. And no, you don't come in and put a speed bump in my schedule. <laughs> Quincy, Quincy and I have been there. No, it's, it's not a very happy household. Well, I'm not nervous about that, um, but we have an agreement. We have terms that we've agreed to, so I like to follow those terms. And so it's like, yes, but, you know, check with Jeannie. Well, I'm in the middle of a 100-mile journey. I've got a full-time job of people that I'm managing, you know, all these things going on. We have a calendar for a reason, so check with her. And some people will look at that, which I don't, it doesn't bother me how they look at it. If they want to know, then I'll tell them. But she's responsible, like overall, she is responsible, you know, for nine times the people I am in my professional life. And I kind of look at this like this is your, it's your motherly duty because you want to be a stay-at-home mom. But this is your profession. Mm -hmm. I have my own profession outside of the house. So I want you to have complete autonomy. Now, if there's something I want to do, I call to the, I call or talk or text and say, hey, I want to do this. And so then we look at a place in the schedule it can go or if we need to move things around. But there was, there was some kind of a blockage in this guy's ability to digest what I was trying to tell him. So, you know, where the heck were we going with that? Other than It became a contention because... That was just one aspect. The other aspect is if, if there's a big decision to be made, so going to church, buying a house, um, going someplace as a family that might cost us a large amount of money, taking a vacation trip, um, different things of that nature that are, these are big decisions because they involve all of us. We don't have the dynamic where one will just say, we're doing this. And everyone else falls in line, whether it be me or you, that's not how this works. And the same particular friend had difficult difficulty understanding why when conversation would come up and I would say, if we're not both on board with this, it's not happening. Mm -hmm. And it frustrated him because to, to him, I was in control because I could make a decision for you by saying, I don't agree with this and we wouldn't do it. And it irritated him. Now, those type of people for us relationship wise, this is a problem because you're trying to cause division. You're trying to disrupt something that works really well for us. So now this is one of those people we described our house, you know, your kitchen, your living room. This is somebody that got kicked out to the lawn real fast mm -hmm. because you're trying to cause a division. Um, the same person tried to have one-on-one -on -one conversations with our kids and certain conversations or topics were, were discussed that we, Quincy and I, had specifically said, this is a hard stop. We don't discuss our religious beliefs with other people that we're not comfortable with. Our kids have their own relationship with God, and it's their choice if they want to discuss it. Mm -hmm. We did that on purpose because there was previous hurts that they were still navigating through. And for us, we were teaching church to them at home. We were teaching them our beliefs and Quincy was having his own um, Bible studies and things and answering questions. We didn't need a quote-unquote church building 
or ministry to do that. It's our job as parents to teach them mm-hmm. our beliefs. Yeah. And, and if they question it, it's our job to question them. Okay, help me understand why you question this and let me see where you're getting your information from. And we work it through. It doesn't mean that we make them believe what we believe. We help them find the answers for themselves. This person just could not handle why we didn't want to allow our kids or force our kids to go to church because it's their choice. And, and it was one of those things where it kept getting pushed and it frustrated me because this, this is something that we told you, this is not a place for you Mm -hmm. to discuss with them. If you want my kids to do something, you discuss it with me or with Quincy. We'll let you know if we want to go, we will invite the kids. If they want to come with us, they're welcome to come with us. If they don't, that's their choice. Well, you know, and then I'm going to get into another example of how this started off and who was influencing our marriage and how a positive influence can evolve into a negative influence. Mm -hmm. So remind me of that. But thinking of this example, it makes me appreciate what we've built because we didn't allow somebody to come in and rock the boat mm-hmm. based on his perception of what a biblical marriage looks like. Because we, he and I don't agree. Do I? Am I the guy that says, do I believe that the man is the head of the house? I say yes. I'm the leader of my home. What does that mean? I walk around telling everybody, I'm the leader. You have to respect me. I'm the leader. No, because great leaders lead. They don't need to constantly you don't have pre- to wear a shirt with a title on it <laughs> yeah it, you don't and Jeannie and I I know ultimately I'm responsible for my family that responsibility was given to me graciously by God and I'm good with that now the way that I've explained this to Jeannie is this I said if they're if and we've talked about this before but if somebody's going to break in the house and the kids are scared to death who are they running to you. They're running to me mm-hmm. because naturally I have that element of protection. Mm-hmm. If the kids are emotionally hurt, they need nurturing. Who are they running to? Me. They're running to you because naturally you have that. Now, some husbands and wives, that may be different and that's okay. This is our marriage. We're responsible for this marriage. So what I do as the leader of my home is I run on deference. If Jeannie's better at something than I am, then I'm I'm gladly giving that responsibility, like giving control of that responsibility to her. If I'm better at something, she's good with me assuming responsibility for that. But now here's the thing. We don't just... If the girls are going through something emotional and they're having a hard time and they need to talk and so I'll take them out and it will just be a one-on-one with mom and they kind of just let all the air out of the tire. I'll handle the situation, but it doesn't mean that I don't come back and say, okay, babe, we need to have a conversation because you need to be aware. Absolutely. This is what's going on. This is what she's navigating through. So it helps both of us kind of gauge. Mm-hmm. If it's a boy issue, I can give my side of things and help her with how to value herself 
and how to be strong and who she is and, and, you know, what she wants to become and what values of this person are worth it. The five and 50, is it worth it for you? But when I bring it to dad, dad has the guy's perspective Mm -hmm. and it's very different. I don't, well, I know what I knew about the teenage boys I was around, but I was never a teenage boy. Mm -mm. So the things that you know that I don't, you kind of can feed in later. The same thing goes with if, you know, with Anissa has these very specific goals for her military career and her health. I am not the health person in this house. That is a Quincy department. I know that. But now when she's struggling with what she's dealing with now, she's in a recovery phase. But as she's recovering, she's actually getting better Mm-hmm. with her times and her running because she's not in her head anymore. And the conversations that I was able to have with her didn't come from a, a coach perspective like they do when you and her are talking mm-hmm. or you're working out together. It came from the mom side of things of, okay, don't do this because you want to compete. We're, we're in a healing phase, so you're just going to do this to do it because you love it. Just enjoy it. I don't care what the time is. I don't care who you beat, who you do. Just do it. Because if you push yourself and you hurt yourself, we're done. We're not doing this anymore. And that it just gave her a different perspective. It's not that one is better than the other. It's how we tag team everything in this house. Yeah, because we are a freaking team. And so when they have a talk with mom and the world feels like it may fall apart, there is a very, very safe place for them. And where is that? That's in daddy's arms. Mm-hmm. And that is, it's just a representation of how our marriage is built. Now, were there times earlier in our marriage where we didn't have this articulated and we struggled with who was going going to assume control and we fought against each other? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it didn't work well. It was not good. It was not good. And then people will come to me and talk to me about God says this about the Bible. I'm I'm not the guy to talk to. Not I'm not the all-knowing guy, but I'm not the guy to talk to 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 come at me that way because my my Bible teacher, John Welton, um he really shed a, he he like shed a whole lot of light on that subject cuz you know, the apostle Paul was writing about marriage. And I hate to get into this, but I love to get into this, so give me just a minute to opine. It's like, you know, Wives, submit yourself to your husband, blah, blah, blah. There's a couple things in there that the wives have to do. And it's like, oh, feminism. No, I can't submit to the patriarchy. But the real piece of that is, listen to like the 12 or 13 or 14 things that Paul tells men when it comes to marriage and what they need to do and what their responsibility is. And when you break down that responsibility, if a man is acting appropriately and responsibly in his marriage, a wife's overflow is to, is to give that at, to a husband because you have a yin and you have a yang. You have a cause, you have an effect. And once we started doing those things, um, we didn't even discuss it in a biblical sense. It's I assumed my role and took responsibility for myself. I got my own house in order and I started living and leading by example. And there, Jeannie will tell you later, there were people that said, oh, it's not going to last forever. He's going to change. He's going to change. They underestimated 
the underestimated God in my life and what was at stake if I did not change. So we can get into the biblical discussion. Um, if you are a dogmatic Calvinist, things are going to be tough for you and I. Um, <laughs> I'll still love you. Um, I have respect for what it is you believe. We don't believe the same. Um, but when people try to come at me and throw scripture on top of scripture about marriage, I try to take a step back and look at the fruit of their marriage, not in a haughty and condescending way and say, okay, what fruit is your relationship bearing? What fruit is my relationship bearing? How happy is your wife? And not just on the surface. Right. Because we, we've met couples and we've actually sat down with them and had a conversation. And I can tell by the way someone responds. That's a rehearsed response. That is a politically correct verbiage so that I don't get nailed for saying the wrong thing or embarrassing the person that I'm with. That is not a strong marriage. Yeah. That's that's a cover story on the outside of a magazine that everybody looks at, and it looks great. I mean, photographically, it looks great. But when you turn the pages, there's some stuff hidden in the writing that y'all don't want people to know about. Well, the truth is we all have that. Exactly. Like, we have a podcast, and it's not because we have a perfect marriage. It's not because everything is straight perfection. No, like this we, is more our therapy and y'all just get to sit in and listen. <laughs> yeah. And and we know the value of being intentional about developing your relationship. So with that being said, we are still screwed up in areas. So we're not like psychoanalyzing couples and going, oh man, they suck. Glad we're not them. No, That's not the case. No, it's paying attention to what's around us. When someone, when people around you come in, and you start having a conversation and, you know, you things are going well. And then they start kind of nitpicking or pointing out things about your spouse or making derogative remarks about your kids or things that they're doing. Quincy and I hone in on that real quick for the simple fact that are you, is this banter? Is this joking? Are we playing? Or are you seriously coming in to try to disrupt what we have going on because there are those people that come in and they nitpick and try to blow apart everything you have because it, it could be jealousy. It could be that you're doing better than they are and it irritates them. It could be that they want what you have. It, it could be various different things. Some people have different opinions on how we raise our kids. We, we had a conversation yesterday. My sister-in-law allows her kids to have social media when they were in junior high and high school. Quincy and I did not allow our kids to have social media till they're 18. The rule still stands. We've got three kids in high school that cannot have social media until they are 18. If there's something in their school or their sports or whatever that's on social media, they come to me or dad and they can look at it on my phone where I can see it and I know what they're watching. Now, does everybody agree with this? No. Do I care? No. Mm -mm. Because... The effects that I've seen and Quincy has seen that social media has had on other people's kids, we don't need that. And we have an example where one of our kids, thank God, didn't have social media because somebody recorded her at school, put it up on a Facebook page, and it went, it airdropped all over campus. Our kids didn't have it. Well, 
for that matter, we have an episode coming soon about your phone and your spouse and your kids. But and so <laughs> yeah, do I care? Not in a dismissive way. But, you know, I do have family members, like you said, and then I need to get to this example and you can finish, you know, the path you're on. Um, do I have family members that agree with how I raise my children? They don't. But like I told Jeannie, as long as, long as I'm not physically harming or mentally abusing my children, know your place. Yeah. Because... You, you're not responsible for these lives. And if you don't know your place, we'll gladly show it to you. I'll, I will. Now, if you want to ask me about it and ask me why, and, and you are at, you're in the, the front, you're in the living room or, you know, that area. You're willing to have an open-minded conversation. Yeah. That's different. I'm going to talk to you about it and say, here's what I believe. Do I believe it's perfect? No. Does it evolve? Sometimes. But I have a set of values that I that I operate under and I live as an example and it's what I teach the people in my home. And it's, it's what we have. I've developed this over 10 or 12 years and said, okay, these are the values that I feel will give my children the best opportunity to succeed when they leave here. This is the framework for what a good and productive citizen might look like. What they do when they leave or what they, what they do with it is what they do with it. But as far as my responsibility to raise them and what I feel is appropriate, this is where it's at. So if you want to ask me, if you want to shame me because my kids um, at their younger age uh, didn't have social media or a telephone, more power to you. I don't care. <laughs> I don't, I do not care because I don't, I don't, I didn't want the, the TV to raise my kid and I don't want a telephone or TikTok to raise my kid. I don't, there is so much garbage influence that comes along with social media. You can still talk about the current events, but there is, there is so access to so much stupidity out there that your young developing child does not know how to process. There are adults in their thirties that don't know how to process it. It gives them emotional distress. So what makes you think? You know, what makes me think my child can handle that? And plus, the conversation I have with my children is that these phones and these apps are meant to get you addicted and bring you back. So why would I do that? Why would I put my child in that position? If you feel differently and you raise your family differently, good. I'm not talking bad about you. Those are your children. And as long as you're not physically harming them, and you're not emotionally abusing them, have at it. I No problem. You know what I'm saying? So with that, let me get to this example because we're way off in the weeds now, but it was relevant to the discussion. Early on in our marriage, um, Jeannie and I idolized the couple. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that. You can correct the record if you want. They had a great, what we believed was a great relationship. Um... They had great banter. They had plenty of affection. Kids loved them. It was a beautiful thing to behold. The dad was, you know, somebody that I deeply admired and looked up to. Kind of helped me in that early adulthood. It's like, okay, there's nothing this guy can't do. Uh, he knows the grill. He's a master. 
Um, he works hard for his family, coaches his kid in sports. This is something that I admire, and I, I latched on. And so, you know, we didn't really – I didn't see these things as much as until their, their relationship began to evolve. There were some things that happened, some things that changed. I don't know if things changed or just kind of exposed their relationship. But it kind of transformed into what it looked like to me was um, – the husband kind of treated his wife in in a, in a sense like another child and i started i started i would see it I, and i'm like oh i don't i don't like that he i don't like that he slowly started treating her like she was stupid that it evolved into that yeah and so i didn't have i didn't have the experience to take a step back and like evaluate and say okay i i need to get to that so anyway I started treating Jeannie the same way early on in our marriage. And it really reared its ugly head at one point when we got in an argument about her at the store and I'm calling her at the store and we didn't have cell phones. So it's like, you know, you said you were going to be gone in two hours. It's two and a half hours, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm on the phone with her in the store and she's there with a group and they're shopping and I'm just chewing her out like she's my daughter. And then she came home and we started talking about it. And, you know, it was like, well, this and that and that, young lady. And I was like, it came out of my mouth. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I became what I didn't want to become. And it, it shocked me. I had to take a step back and go, I don't like it when this guy does that to his wife. And now I am doing that to my wife. And I didn't see it for what it was. And it really stopped me in my tracks. It was embarrassing. It was time. horrible. It was horrible. And so I had to take, I at that point had to reevaluate because it was all out in the open. And the more, the more I reevaluated how I was treating my wife and then I watched this relationship evolve, the banter turned into like condescending bashing. And it was, it was, and it was uh, done in front of others. It wasn't like just you, you know how you might have an argument with your spouse and maybe you have a friend that you talk to and you're like, dude, we, this is how this went. And you start explaining things and then you, ha it's, it's your safe place to go to. And then they start telling you, wow, did you really say that? Do you know what that sounded like? Okay. This was not one of those conversations. It was like the four of us in a car going to dinner and he just starts railing her. And so her, her lack of judgment and all the, and he was like laughing, like we were supposed to laugh with him. And it's like, why well, don't feel comfortable with this? Yeah. And I'd have to speak up and say, well, that's uncomfortable <laughs> or, you know, Awkward. stand up for, for his wife. And, you know, it, it just got to the point, you know, where it was like, this is not healthy. I know things for them have changed, but it's not healthy and it's not what I want to, like, I don't want to allow this behavior to influence my relationship anymore. So I had to take a step out of that. And conversely, you know, we learned early on after some experiences that talking to your parents is not new, no. not a great idea because you go and you talk about, talk to your parent about your spouse because you're angry, you're upset, you, there's emotions high and flying. And then you go home and you make up 
and things are better. But your parent now starts to see your spouse. Go ahead. Go ahead. They starts to see your spouse as only the person that made you mad. Well, and you have to remember that this was something that I didn't think about until <clears throat> years down the line. Your parents had their own marriage and their own issues. So if my parents were going through something at the time, and let's say my mom and my dad are not on good set, a good standing at the moment, and my mom is mad at my dad. And then I come in and start saying, do you know what Quincy did? Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, now my mom's already mad at one male. Now she's mad at a second male. I'm not going to be able to change that because their situation may not change like our situation changed. And so now you have this kind of resentment thing between me and my parent because my situation got better and theirs didn't. And it, it just, it's a dynamic you just don't want to deal with at all. And I'm not saying my mom is that way. I'm just saying you have to remember the people that you're talking to. I've had conversations with my best friend. Her marriage dynamic is very, very different than ours, but her husband works away. I mean, days at a time and comes home maybe 24 to 36 hours a week. So she is running everything. And when they have a clash, it's a big to do because there's not really a whole lot of time to have a conversation and really get down to the bottom of things. So when things come to a head, it's like you have an argument on Sunday, they leave for work, they come back on Saturday night. And it's like, well, we haven't seen each other for a week. So do we argue or do we bury it and enjoy our time? But if I come in and and start spewing, Quincy said this and this and this and this, and she's in that mindset because of her situation, chances are we're going to get into a man bashing conversation and it's not really going to help anything. But then when everything gets fixed between you and I, because we have the time to sit down and work through our situation and they don't, there's that, I don't, it's not really a resentment or a jealousy. It's more like they don't trust that what we fixed is really fixed because for them, they can't see it. Their situation doesn't get fixed. So it's really hard when you pick the people that you're going to discuss your marriage with. Find somebody who has a strong marriage who knows how to work through their situation so that when things do get better or if you're in it and they're the type of person they say, okay, hold on, take a step back and they can kind of give you a third party analysis of what's going on because you might not, you you need somebody that's going to be in your your corner and not hold it against you if your situation gets better and theirs doesn't. You need somebody who has some experience who knows rules of engagement and understands yeah. that we, we all go through these bumps, but there are people that will come in and just, I mean, bash the crap out of your marriage. And if you don't stand up for your marriage and your spouse and the things that you have built and your foundation isn't strong, you'll allow them to rock it. Yeah. You'll allow them to influence what you have going on. And it could be to the negative. And there are good things you could pick up and look, the examples that Jeannie gave earlier are most likely not true to life, just possibilities that could happen. So keep that in mind. Um, It's a possibility that could happen. We did have a situation, you know, in our marriage where Jeannie was talking to her parents and neither one of us knew 
any better. Because in the movies, what do they do? They go and they talk to their uh-huh. mother about their marriage. And in in life, you kind of do what you see. But it's not healthy because what your parent is getting is an upset child's perspective of what happened. And it may not necessarily be exactly what happened. And they want to protect their baby. That's right. <laughs> Especially so, if you're going to mama. We're going to protect our baby. And I, I, I do my best anytime somebody comes to me to talk about their relationship, you know, I do my best to take a step back, take my emotions out of it, and just ask questions, you know, not to be devil's advocate, but to ask the truth about what's going on. And I had a friend that wanted me to get involved in his relationship as a neutral party and as a, you know, as a counselor to help them with their relationship. And I never, I never took what he said as gospel. I always wanted to hear her perspective on it and then talk to them both together. Um, once they have given me their side um, to say, okay, well, here is, this is what I see. And this is what it sounds like to me. Well, it kind of got to the point, and I, and I kind of, I just outright said, bro, if you simply want me to agree with you because you're a guy and I'm a guy, it's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. That's not fair. That's not fair to you or your relationship. I'm not going there. Hey, no, and he's like, well, I know you have to be softer, you know, to her because she's a woman. And I'm like, I'm not being softer to anybody. I think it's relevant to allow you both to have the opportunity to say what's going on. You know, I'm, I'm many, many miles away. I want both of your perspective of what's happened, and then we can talk together, which we tried this talk together thing, and you walked away. So I have to get both people's take on what's happening and then counsel you. That is the way that I do it. If you don't like my method or you don't like the way I do it, then you are free you're free not to take my counsel or my advice because I don't have to do this. I just don't have to do it. We could just be friends and you can figure your stuff out. And I'm good with that. That's really where a lot of relationships have had to go just for the simple fact that it, it's not that we don't care about the people we're around or that we don't care about their relationships. But if what's going on in your relationship starts to encroach on ours, I got to push you out of my kitchen, man. I, I got to get you out of my space a little bit and give you some room to figure your stuff out because my marriage is solid and I'm going to keep it that way. And I'm not going to allow someone else's stuff to come in and cause us to divide or put us in a position like, first of all, needing to be softer because she's a woman, you're full of shit. Yeah, you can put the E on there. That's me. But the the person he's talking about I know the woman. If you give her straight to the point information, she takes it. No problem. Mm-hmm. If you sugarcoat it, she's like me. I- I'm not listening to you because you're treating me like I'm two. I'm not a child. Tell me point blank. This is what it is. This is what you need to do. If I don't agree with you, I'm going to ask questions and we'll hash it back and forth. But if you're going to be gentler because I'm a woman and you need to say it a certain way. You make it sound like we're stupid. You make it sound like they, that she can't comprehend because she's a female and you have to be softer so you don't offend or hurt feelings. Dude, not every female is soft. Not every female needs to be 
treated with soft hands. We need it at certain times. Yeah. But you don't get to tell somebody else when that needs to happen. Well, she can speak for herself. That that crap just irritates me. But it, it's the episode is more about who's around you. Mm-hmm. How much of an influence do they have on your household, your family, your marriage, your relationship? When you hear guys talking trash about their wives or, oh, God, this used to piss me off. Um, when I was younger, my dad had groups of guys that would come over because he always worked on cars and I would hear them you know, talking about their crappy sex life and this and that. And I'm over here thinking, my mom is one of those people. Mm-hmm. And my dad wasn't saying that he had a crappy sex life, but he wasn't exactly shutting down the conversation either. And it just frustrated me because it's like, our bedroom is our bedroom. Y'all don't get to, unless we write an episode out and we decide to give you information that might help you have a better sex life with your spouse, Mm -hmm. y'all don't get the details. (laughs) This is between me and him, and that's it. That's where it stays. But if you've got people around you that are constantly trashing their spouse or their marriage or, you know, man bashing the guy because he's not doing X, Y, and Z, but they're not really legitimate complaints. They're just people bitching. How does that affect you? Do you jump in on it? Do you get on the conversation and suddenly you're talking trash about your spouse? Those are the things that I'm talking about. Figure out what's around you because I tell my kids all the time, as cliche as it is, you are what you hang around with. Mm -hmm. And eventually those things that you are allowing in your ear will influence you to start adapting Mm -hmm. to that. And Quincy and I have put way too much time and effort into getting to the point that we're at in our marriage that I'm not willing to let that kind of crap come in, even just to put dust on the shelves. Nah, y'all got to get out. This, This doesn't work for me. It's important for me to keep what we have. When our kids tell us, my friends think you and dad are so cute. They watch you guys because Quincy and I, we don't care where we're at. We, we're affectionate people. If we're out and about and I want a kiss, I get a kiss. If I want my spot, I'm in my spot. It, it's just who we are. It's something that we've learned. It's not about being overly affectionate and like groping each other in public. It's just simply, it's who we are. We love each other. Mm-hmm. And our kids get all excited to have all these pictures. Oh, look at how cute my parents are. I value that because they're getting the example from us of what is a good, solid, truthful, loving marriage. Mm-hmm. And having all these things around them when they can come back and say, yeah, I was at my friend's house and their parents were going at it, arguing, and I, it was just really uncomfortable. We don't argue in front of our kids. Sometimes we might have a heated, I was say, yes, we have we a heated debate, but serious conversations, some serious conversations are not done in front of the kids but all of this is to say take a look around you what is what's impacting you what's influencing you what's influencing your spouse is there Mm -hmm. are there friends around are there family around that are maybe putting a negative spin on things or trying to maybe take a shot at what you're trying to do Maybe they're knocking you down or giving you crap because you're you're genuinely trying to work on yourself or your marriage and putting in the time and effort. Quincy and I get teased all the time because we listen to self-help stuff. We read self-help books. 
when we find something that that triggers us and makes us happy and it's like oh I got to tell somebody about this and then we send it out it's like dude I don't need to know all this okay I won't send you anything anymore never mind I got it and I'll give it to somebody that it's a value to but it took a while to learn why don't you want to know what I know why don't you want to learn what I'm learning this is great stuff I want to share this with you if you don't have those type of people around you or those type of relationships Take a step back and reevaluate because mm-hmm. that stuff does impact whether you think so or not. It starts to impact your emotional responses to things. You might start projecting things on your family that you, it has nothing to do with them. It, it's just worth a self-awareness check to see what's around us, what's influencing us, what's influencing our kids. We do it with our kids too. Who are your friends? What are they into? We've got some going on now where it's like, Friends are not who they were when we met them. They're kind of making different decisions now and our kids are going through, this is not who I am and I'm really not sure how to navigate. I don't want to not be friends, but I don't want any part of what they're doing here. So how do I draw those lines? This is one of those moments where you need to take a step back. Look at what's around you and your marriage and your family and do the same for your kids so that you can help them now mm-hmm. learn how to make those boundaries doesn't mean you can't be their friend it just means you excuse yourself from that aspect of their life you can be friends on this level you guys can hang out when it's just the two of you you guys can hang out when it's like your little click but this other stuff don't don't deal with it and if it comes up in conversation shut it down if if someone you're hanging out with is you know cussing their wife or spewing crap about their husband shut it down change the subject find a way to navigate away from it if that doesn't change you may need to reevaluate how much time you spend with that person yeah that's a fair point and I'm not telling you to discard all your friends and not talk to your family I think it's very very wise counsel to evaluate who and what is influencing your life in your relationship and obviously Jeannie and I are an extremely neutral party because we don't know you some of you guys, we know you out there, and, and we're getting to know you and your relationship better as we help you along. But we can we can help you there. And uh, if you would like some help or some input, just let me know. Quincy at MVSMPodcast.com. Now, it takes a while to get around to it because, like I told a guy that I'm coaching, I said I've uh, I've come to understand something when we start to talk. You put me in in the middle of the movie <laughs> and expect for me to understand what what's happened on the first half of the movie. And he goes, you know what? You're absolutely right. <laughs> I said, that's about the only thing I could come up with because sometimes I'm just thoroughly confused at what's going on. Um, but we kind of ratified that. So uh, let us know how we can help. Give me some feedback on this episode. Go and share the show. And give us a review so we can broaden the platform and help more guys just like you. And for the gals out there listening, so we can help more gals just like you. That's all for today. She is Jeannie Moran. I am Quincy Moran, a.k.a. The Q-Dog. And this is Man vs. Marriage. <laughs>